Hello, I'm Matt White, and this is Fodder, the food and drink podcast for Greater Manchester. In this episode, we speak to Nigel Slater, who, in his own words, is a cook who writes. And man, does he write. He's been writing a column for The Observer for 25 years. He's presented loads of television series, loads of documentaries, and isn't just a household name here in England, because his TV shows are shown in 52 countries around the world. Almost as many as get this podcast. He's also written a ton of books. Just have a look at his Wikipedia page. It's massive. It's bigger than some small countries. His memoir, Toast, Story of a Boy's Hunger, is incredible. I love it so much. If you haven't read that book, get your phone out your pocket now, go to Amazon and order it because it is a top, top read. And it's been made into a radio drama. The BBC made a film out of it recently starring Helena Bonacarta. And now it's going to be a play and it's getting its world premiere right here in Manchester. Well, Salford at the Lowry Theatre. And I went down there recently to meet Nigel and talk about the play. Before we hear that conversation, I just want to get something out there. If you've ever watched Nigel on the television or listened to him on the radio, you'll know that he's a very softly spoken man. It turns out that that's contagious. I don't know why I did it, but throughout the whole conversation, I adopted his softly spoken voice. And I just kept kind of talking to him like this, like I was in a library. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. But I did. Uh, and you can hear it now, because here he is. Here's Nigel. You know, I'm very, very excited because this is a completely different way to treat that little book I wrote all those years ago. You described it there as that little book. It's, it's took on much more of a life now, hasn't it, than that little book then? Did you ever imagine that it would be here? No, of course not. I mean, it, it, it feels like a little story because it's about a little boy. And it was an extended short story. Uh, it started out as just a few thousand words, ended up as a book, then a radio adaption yeah. and a TV film. But this feels very different. It feels quite fresh to me. How do you make it fresher? How, because when there's so many different adaptations, how do you ensure that it is different from the radio, from the TV? Well, very much. It's very much, um, you know, the work of Henry, who wrote the play. I mean, it's it, it, it's his take on it. A lot of it's my words. It's things that happened to me, but this is very different because it's it, it's him looking at it. Um, I think because it's on stage, it brings something to the piece that I had never really thought about, mm. and the fact that everything else, there's been this slight barrier. You know, you're looking at it through a screen or you're reading the words, you're hearing it on radio. With this, I almost feel the whole thing's come to life. It's like you, you could almost touch those words because they're being spoken right in front of you in the same room. That's an important point you make. You say you can even almost touch the words, but similarly with other senses, within this production, you can also taste and you can also smell. You know, when the idea came to me, um, we'd like to do a play, I never thought that this was going to be involved. And James Thompson, who's been directing the food, has brought in all these little treats, all these little things to eat that are the actual flavours of my childhood. So when I eat them, and hopefully when the audience eats them, 
it will take them back to where I was at that time. So wearing short trousers, um, you know, at school. And suddenly, hopefully, all those, all those memories will come back. That must have been a, a bit of pressure for him. Because he's, he's got to create those dishes and try and invoke the memories for the people that are in the audience. But for you, they are very specific memories. So there must have been a challenge for him to then present you with these dishes and get you to try them. Well, I think it was. But the intriguing thing here is that a lot of the flavours of my childhood are still the flavours people love today. So a lot of the sweets and the candies are exactly the same as they were. We remember them. They've become part of our sort of cultural DNA of the, are those sweets. But with the food, with the dishes that we've done with the restaurant, then you know, they are things that were integral part of my childhood. So, you know, the ham that my, that my stepmother would cook and have boiling away, um, obviously the lemon meringue, which was the big battle between me and my stepmother yeah. for the recipe. Um, those flavours, actually to have them before you eat, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lovely thing, it's a gift. The, the power of food in terms of invoking memories is it's just phenomenal, isn't it? Like, so, for example... Whenever, when we were younger, we couldn't afford bacon. But when we went to visit my nan in Cornwall, they'd always have bacon. So whenever I smell bacon, I'm straight away taken to St. Ives and my nan and my grandpa cooking it for us. In an instant, why do you think it is that, that food is that powerful? I attach, and I'm sure other people do, a specific flavour or even the smell of something that we ate to a particular time in your life and the point where something happened so you know if I think of strawberries and cream then I think of eating it outside very happily with my parents in the garden all these things are associated with an important moment and how you were feeling at the time and we hold on to those things so whether you taste something whether you smell it that is the food that will take you straight back more than anything else more than reading something more than looking at a photograph it's having that thing in your mouth and there you are again you're nine years old is that in the back of your mind? Because obviously you create a lot of recipes, you create a lot of dishes. Is that something that you purposely try to set out to create? So when you make a new dish, do you think, hopefully this will be something that invokes a memory 20 years on down the line? Partly, but also I love the new. I love fresh things, things changing. But I like twists on classics. Yeah. So very often I will think of a, actually a new dish first and then realise why I'm doing it. Because it does a little bit of it will take me back to a good time to a happy time because there's nothing better than putting food in front of people or giving them a recipe to work from yeah. that takes them to a good place i've heard you say in the past that you don't particularly enjoy watching other cookery programs because it it muddies the water a little bit you like to think straight about what you want and what you need is, is that still the case it is really um you know, too many cooks can can you spoil know, the broth. I think can spoil point, the yeah. broth absolutely. Um, and I just want to do what I like. I don't want to be influenced by too many other people. But also, you know, there is that that point of when TV cookery is on. It's that point in the night where I'm often eating my dinner. Um, so I don't want to be sitting watching watching television. No, there's something very odd about eating, but looking at other people eating. But then again, that's what we do in restaurants, isn't it? 
is what we do in restaurants, but but at home, you know, I like to concentrate on the people round the table, the people I'm sharing my meal with, um, that I'm eating with, having food with. That to me is the important thing. I don't want a television grinding away in the background. So during Toast, the play, we are going to have uh, hundreds of people all eating at the same time. How do you think that would be as, as an experience for the people in the audience? The interesting thing about this is that the memories will be different with everybody. So I think people will, although they're eating the same sweets, the same little candies at that point, although they're crunching away and unwrapping them and smelling them, I think the memories will be different. And that will be quite interesting because not everything is a good memory. No, of course. Sherbet fountains, all they mean to me is that I got in serious trouble because I spilled all the sherbet down my brand new black school blazer. You know, it, it carries something else. Yeah. It's not just about the good times. I think that'll be very interesting. Is that also a challenge for the cast and the, and the director? Because if they're trying to tell a certain story and represent a memory of you, but people are sat in the audience eating and thinking about another memory themselves, does that to use a phrase we used earlier, muddy the water a little. No, I don't think it does, because I think it just adds, it's yet another ingredient that the cast have have got to play with, in a way. The lovely thing for me is that the cast is very young. Um, uh, That, in a way, is perfect, that they are mostly quite young, um, because that's when the book was written. It was written in that period from, I suppose, about eight or nine years old, Mm. until I'm in my teens. Um, That, for me, feels right. Uh, and I think it will work. But also, you know, they will be working with flavours and tastes that actually are almost timeless. Yeah. Um, how is the guy that plays you? Oh, Sam, fantastic. I mean, honestly, we're having such a good time with him. And I think he's genuinely enjoying it. He is the, well, he's the fifth Nigel. Um, the fifth Nigel? He's the fifth, because there's been the first one, the real one. That almost sounds um, royal, doesn't it? The fifth in line. It does a bit, it does a bit, but it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, no, he is, Sam is the fifth. Um, you know, Freddie Highmore was the first, and Oscar Kennedy, and then Julian Ryan Tut played Nigel for for radio. Yeah. Um, and what I love is that Sam is bringing his own take on it. He is Nigel. I can see little bits of him in the way I could see with the others that are definitely me. They're taken from the book or they're taken from the film. But the lovely thing is that Sam's bringing his own take yeah. on it um, and that to me is really fun to watch do, do you advise do you, do you can you help yourself or can you say well actually I wouldn't have done it like that once or twice there's been the odd moment when I thought oh maybe I wouldn't have put it that way but no actually not it's they've they've you know Sam um, particularly for you know from Johnny the director they have absolutely got the spirit of the time of the place and I think of little Nigel little Nigel Um, he was he was a sweet little kid you must remember that I was the shyest sweetest cutest most insecure little boy you could imagine so you know just watching what's happened is is uh, is very interesting and although uh, last question now but Mm. although you know all this and you know the stories and you must have retold them in your head a million times does it take you back in a strange way watching it performed in front of you to say that it puts shivers up my spine is an understatement. Oh, really? I mean, really, it's uh, an extraordinary experience to watch this, um, to actually be taken back to times, good times, and sadly, some very 
very sad memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it, and I have to be honest, just watching rehearsals, um, I've had to kind of just take a moment because I can feel the tears welling up. Um, I can feel specific bits in it that I'm not saying I don't want to remember, but that, <laughs> you know, I'm now suddenly being plunged back into that particular time. Uh, such, such an extraordinary mixture of emotions. I know I said that was the last question, but this is the last question. <laughs> and I won't keep doing that. Um, you've probably been asked this a million times, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. Will there ever be a follow-up to Toast? I don't know. I okay. don't actually have one planned. Because there's been a no before, so this is progress. There's been a definite no. There's been a definite no. Um, I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going to leave sort of, you know, a maybe. Nigel Slater. Do you know what? I genuinely love him. And I weirdly softened my voice for him. And I don't soften my voice for many people. If you want to go and see Toast, it's on at the Lowry Theatre from the 23rd of this month right the way through to the 2nd of June. For more details, go to thelowry.com. That's it then. More fodder coming soon. Thanks for listening. Listener.